Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This week is Parshas Kisetse, and we're going to be discussing the halachas of Hashavas Aveda. The mitzvah of Hashavas Aveda in this week's parsha, returning a lost item, has two mitzvahs dedicated to it in the Torah. One is the mitzvah sase, the positive mitzvah, the commandment to return a lost item, hashev teshivam, which begins from when you pick it up. And the second is a loisase, a negative commandment, which, which is loy suchal lehis alein, which is a very interesting language. You can't hide yourself from the item, which means you can't make believe you don't see it. This is an iser prohibiting us from just walking by the lost item and not picking it up. So there's a mitzvah to return it when you pick it up, and there's a commandment prohibiting us from not picking it up. We have to pick it up. Next week, Be'ez Hashem, I hope to focus more on the traditional halacha, of returning lost items. But this week I want to introduce a different concept of Ashava Saveda. Last year, sometime, I received a letter from someone in Toronto who explained to me that if someone, I had no idea who this person was, he, he wrote that if someone has a bank account which they don't touch at all for 10 years or so, the bank turns over the money to the state. The state then puts it on a list which is available online, and if it's not claimed, eventually they keep it. So this, this Jew, this, this uh, holy Jew in Toronto, he, he checks these lists every so often, and if it seems like someone Jewish is on the list, like from the address, which he saw in this case, was a Lakewood address, he sends them a letter. And sure enough, there was a bank account, which I had opened in Lakewood right after my wedding, and then I shortly afterwards moved there to Stroll, and I had thought that I had emptied and closed that account, but apparently I had not. It was, I don't know, not that much money, about $100. And I was struck at the uniqueness of this person and, and the mitzvah that he had, so to speak, grabbed for himself. So let's, let's just examine the halachic implications of this, because this is fascinating. What, this is an interesting kind of Hashavah Saveda. Why? Because he hadn't picked up the money. He hadn't found it. He was just aware that I had money that I was about to lose. And he was saving me. The Gemara talks about this. The Gemara says that if you see that water is flooding someone's property, you're obligated to stop it, like by turning off the water source, diverting it. And this is included in the obligation of Ashavas Aveda. So let's examine how relevant this is to us and so many applications. Let's start with the case of the Gemara. You pass by a Jew's house, your neighbor or not your neighbor, and you see he left his garden hose on. And it's just running. You're obligated to go and turn it off and prevent them from losing the money of the water just running or, or the damage it might cause. And more than that, if it's raining outside and you see, I walk by a house and water is coming down the gutters and down the side gutter and you see at the bottom, you know, there's that long black plastic pipe which directs the water away from the house. It became detached. And all the water is collecting along the side of the house. And that's a potential flood that's about to happen because that water goes straight in and it can cause tremendous damage and loss of money. So we are obligated to either reattach it if we can or notify the owner. If we pass by a house with a mezuzah and you see the sprinkler is broken and it's spouting water, we're obligated to try and figure out who the owner is. And it's doable. You can Google it and put in the address and see if there's a number associated. Now, this is all a pain in the neck, right? We're walking by, even driving by, and we say, oh my gosh, I have better things to do. 
But as Jews, we can't just pass by and believe, make believe we don't see when another Jew is losing money. It's this mitzvah and avera of Lesuchullah Hassalam and mitzvah of Hashem Another example. You see that a Jew left his or her car lights on. We'd have to let them know. If you see that your neighbor left for on vacation or something for extended amount of time and left on lights all over the house, right? Or got a package which is left outside or any other kind of potential loss of money, it's our obligation to take the package in, let the person know, and care about the problem. I, funny, it just happened to me tonight that a neighbor's package was delivered to my front door, uh, mistakenly. So I said, you know, I'm speaking about Hashavah Saveda. I, I better do it myself. So I picked up the package and brought it over. I saw, I saw in a safer that if you are in Eretz Yisrael and you see that a public place is getting damaged or the county or city is suffering a different kind of monetary loss, like a hydrant that broke, we're obligated to take the trouble to report it because it's Jewish money, regardless of the fact that it's government-owned, it's the Jewish government. The truth is that although there is no mitzvah of Hashavah Aveda to a non-Jew, it's limited to Achicha, to your friend, your brother, which means a Jew, there is a mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem to return a lost item to a non-Jew, and we'll talk about that more later. But the mitzvah is only if the non-Jew will know and recognize that a Jew returned his item or saved him from damage and will realize that we did it because the Torah wants us to. And so many of the above cases wouldn't be relevant to a non-Jew, even for the sake of Kiddush Hashem, since the non-Jew won't even know who did it and won't know that a, a Jew did it and an observant Jew did it. Another slightly uncomfortable application of this halacha takes place could take place at work. If you see a coworker who is stealing from the employer who's Jewish, we're obligated to stop that person either by telling them, definitely try that first, or by telling the employer. And there are many kinds of stealing. If you know that the worker is not doing his or her job or they're making use of company assets beyond what is allowed, something that's clearly not allowed, they're utilizing uh, you know, the stuff in the, in the office or, or any kind of theft or damage, we are obligated to protect the employer's money. And obviously this can be very tricky, but it's a mitzvah. It's a mitzvah of a Shavas If we see an accident where the person at fault is trying to drive away, we're obligated to try and get the license plate number so that the other person who's been damaged can, can get payment. And these are more than just righteousness. It's not lefnim It's not just being a concerned citizen. This is a mitzvah say and a mitzvah leisah say, obligating us to care about other people's money. The Gemara also talks about doing hashav saveda on a person themselves. For example, if a person is lost, giving him or her directions and leading them to where they need to go is included in the mitzvah and is learned out of this pasuk. It's known as avedas gufa. He lost himself and you are helping him find his way or her way. So this applies to when a person is doing, it also applies, I'm sorry, to when a person is doing something which can potentially hurt themselves, harm themselves, then they're not aware of this. We have to warn them off. And Svarim say that this applies to Tyra and Mitzvah as well, that if someone is making a mistake and doing an Avera, and you see them doing something which you know is prohibited, the obligation to let them know isn't merely 
to rebuke a fellow Jew, you know, which, you know, uncomfortable, we don't want to rebuke them, but it's more than that. It's a mitzvah to save the person, to care about his or her, her loss. If you're by someone's house by a Shabbos meal and you see them doing something which you know is 100% prohibited, whether they're doing butter or they're doing some kind of a cooking, etc., and you know there's no question, it's something you're not doing on Shabbos, the person is simply not aware. It's a mitzvah to tell them. Rav, Rav Shach's son-in-law, Rav Meir Bergman, he writes in his Sefer that this also obligates us to daven for someone who is sick or in need. And lastly, if we are in a store and we see someone who is unknowingly paying a lot more for something than they should be, we have to let them know. But here it's important to be careful that we're really accurate in what we say. And, you know, just because we think it might be cheaper somewhere else, that could be damaging to the store owner. And also we can only really do this if it's really a substantial amount of difference where it's the, he's really being gypped. Because otherwise we're damaging the store owner and that's, that's, that's not allowed. So in any, any and every situation where we witness and we see a fellow Jew who is suffering a loss of money in any form or shape, it's an obligation and it's a key mitzvah to save that person from damage, to notify them and try to help them in any way that we can. And I want to talk a little bit about the beauty of the mitzvah of Ashava Saveda, which again is in this week's parasha. We, we view this mitzvah as a chesed. You know, it's a kindness. And similar to other mitzvahs we have in the Torah obligating us to do chesed. But the reality is that a mitzvah Ashava Saveda stands alone. It's, it's different. It's a different level than other chesedim. And it teaches us the potential we have in our neshamas to achieve true holiness and how much is expected of us. The Medrash tells the story how Shimon ben Shetach, the great Tana, the leader of his generation, had a business to support himself. He sold flax. He would harvest the flax and then tie it in a bundle and hoist it on his shoulders and schlep it down to another town to sell. Now, he was a Rosh Hashiva of a great yeshiva, all the next generation Tanaim. His Talmudim were disturbed at how hard he was working, so they implored upon him to at least buy a donkey so that you won't have to carry and schlep the heavy merchandise yourself. So Shimon ben Shetach agreed, and they arranged a sale with an Arab merchant who sold him a donkey. When they examined the donkey and the, I guess, the accessories that came along, they found a diamond tucked away inside it, a valuable diamond. The Talmidim were overjoyed. They said, finally, Shimon ben Shantach will be able to stop working so hard and just learn Tyra. He can be supported the rest of his life from this diamond. They said, Birchas Hashem, Hitasher. This is a blessing from Hashem. It brings wealth. And they went on to prove that there is no Torah obligation to return the diamond to the merchant. So Shimon asked them, did this man, he sold me a donkey or a donkey with a diamond? So they truthfully answered, he only sold you a donkey. He wasn't aware of the diamond. Then return it to him, Rav Shimon commanded. But you're not obligated to, they questioned him. So Rav Shimon said, do you think I'm a barbarian? Meaning, someone who grabs other people's money? They returned it to the Arab, and the Arab exclaimed a very interesting thing. He said, Baruch Hashem Eloikei Shimon ben Shetach. Blessed is the God of Shimon ben Shetach. Shimon ben Shetach exclaimed that this is worth more to me than all the diamonds in the world. That's the Medrash. Numerous Mepharshim point out, Dabna Magid, Rabbi Yerucham Lubavitz, Tzal, and others, 
that one would imagine the Arab merchant would say, blessed is Simon bin Shetach, and thank you very much. But that's not what he said. What he did say was, blessed is the God of Shimon bin Shetach. Baruch Hashem, Aleikei Shimon bin Shetach. He directly blessed Hashem. Why? So they explained, because it was clear to the Arab merchants that this is simply isn't natural. A human being is not capable of overcoming the temptation to keep that money and not return it. He, he understood that he was witnessing something supernatural. He was witnessing God, represented by us Jews. He was seeing the chilek aleikami mal, the peace of Hashem that we have within us, being expressed openly in action. It was something which was just not humanly possible. And he was blown away by experiencing an encounter with such holiness. And he truthfully exclaimed, Blessed Hashem, Baruch Hashem. The story is told of the Dere Chaim, Chaim of Tzanz, who witnessed someone dropping a wallet as he was running. So he ran to get it so that he could do the mitzvah of Hashem. But when he got there, it was gone. So the Dibri Chaim was deeply troubled, and he wondered, are people truly Mekayim the Mitzvah of Hashem or not? So he called over one pious Jew that he knew, and he questioned him, what would you do if you found a wallet full of money on the street? Uh, so what do you think he answered, his Rebbe, the, the, the Dibri Chaim? He said, of course, I wouldn't hesitate a second. I would make an announcement and do everything I can to return it. But the Dibri Chaim wasn't impressed. He says, obviously, this man, he's never experienced a true sign, a true test. He called over someone else, and he asked him the same question. So the man answered, truthfully, I think I'd keep it. I wouldn't even check for some money. I, I wouldn't, you know, if you want to get to that point, I would just toss away the wallet and keep the money. So the Divrachim immediately sent him away. It's prohibited to look at the face of a Russia. So finally he asked someone, and the man answered, you know, I don't know what I would do. It's a great test, and it's difficult to know what I would do in the moment. I hope I would be able to overcome the temptation and return it. So the Dibbe was finally satisfied with this honest and, and pious approach. So the test is a great test. It's not easy. But obviously we have it in us to overcome the test. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he obligates us, a mitzvah and a list to say. Think about the difficulty for a moment. Now, I, I think of how I felt when I got that letter from that person in Toronto who I never heard of, and he never met me and doesn't know me. I felt immensely inspired. Here was a Jew who appreciated what it means to be a Jew. He looks at Jewish money and says to himself, that's holy money, that's my brother's money. I was struck by the sensitivity and the beauty of this totally pure act of kindness. With nothing, you know, no, no, absolutely no thought of any personal, even appreciation. And, and the level of responsibility that this person took for other Jew, Jews' money. And the Torah obligates us in this. It's not extra credit. So obviously that godliness, that holiness is inherent within us and it's expected of us. We can demonstrate Hashem's presence in this world. We can bring Him down. We can make an L.A.K. Sarah, an L.A.K. Menachem, an L.A.K. Chaim, an L.A.K. Leah by doing this mitzvah. We can bring his presence here in this world. And the way the Medrash presents this is even more amazing because the Medrash be brings this story to demonstrate a concept. The Medrash says that from a human being's trustworthiness, from a human being's 
from how you can trust a human being, we can learn Hashem's trustworthiness. If we can depend on a human being to be so honest and so above and beyond what comes naturally and can be trusted to care for someone else and another person's money to that extent, think of how careful Hashem is with every single one of our mitzvahs to guard our reward and make, make sure it's paid in full with dividends. And this gives us another level of understanding of how much potential we have within us. Caring for someone else's money and watching over their possessions is the type of kindness that Hashem Yisbarak performs in this world. He's up there. He's watching over us. And he's taking care of us. Now, we don't really see him, at least not in a physical way, but he's there. And we can trust him and depend upon him. And thinking back to that man in Toronto, he, he was caring for my money in the way Hashem does. He was unseen, he was unknown, and he was unappreciated. And then I found out he's been looking after me and looking after my money for me. Hashem does this as if he's obligated to do so and can totally be depended upon, although it's pure kindness. And that's why returning an Aveda is an expression of the true godliness within us. It brings out something extremely holy when we do it. And it's inside every single one of us. And as I said earlier, many farm write that teaching other people Tyra and guiding them in mitzvahs can be the greatest form of Ashavas Aveda that there is. It's the ultimate expression of kindness and achrais, responsibility for the people around us. And in these days, it's so important to emulate HaKadosh Baruch Hu and follow in His ways, and with that, merit a favorable judgment, a zchus in the, the Yamim Neroim that are coming upon us. Have a, a good night and a wonderful Shabbos.